No, Max, we are not going to use the cone of silence today because it is NH Unscripted. I am your secret agent host, Ray Dudley, and we are coming to you from the sweet, sweet digs of the WKXL Studios in Concord. You can listen to us at 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. Those are Concord-based. And 101.9 FM for all of you angelic folks down in Manchester. We also have archives of all these shows and uh, the other great programs here at WKXL. Can be found at nhtalkradio.com. In studio with me today is Andrew Pernard. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ray. And before... We get too deep into the weeds. I need to thank our sponsor, Lakes Region Fence in Guilford. Their website is lrfence.com. That's lrfence.com. And, folks, this is your lucky day. Gather the kids around the Motorola because I'm about to give you a pro tip. I was thinking on my way in this morning. You know, I get a lot of mail and email about, Ray, how can I be cool like you? Okay, maybe not a lot. Maybe maybe I got one. Okay, maybe it wasn't even that. Maybe it was a sticky note on my refrigerator from my wife telling me not to wear a certain sweatshirt. Okay, that's, that's beside the point. Anyway, a pro tip on how to be cool. So here's what you do. Are you listening? Get a pencil. If you don't have any paper, empty the Wonder Bread wrapper and use it. Take notes. Okay, here we go. You... Make up posters that you can put around your neighborhood saying you're having a big, like, block party or barbecue some Friday or Saturday night. This is a great family project. Teenagers love to just do these kinds of things with their parents. They can go staple all these things on telephone poles in the neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so if you want to be a cool top cat like me, Okay, yes, that was a cartoon reference from Top Cat. All right, but that's beside the point. So Lakes Region Fence lrfence.com. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to pick up all these posters and invite people over for an afternoon of barbecuing. Maybe you can even imply some of the adults with some adult beverages, you know. And then, and then, here we go. You set up a projector screen and you begin to show pictures from the Lakes Region Fence website, lrfence.com, of fences. Yes, yes, you, you're following me here. You can download pictures. They have cedar fences, powder-coated fences, PVC fences. They do property lines. Look, they'll even build a, a dog run for your mother-in-law. Mm, that might not have come out like I want. Andy, that, that's just beside the point. But look, think you will be spoken about in the neighborhood for years, if not decades to come. Huh? Huh? You can thank me later. You don't even have to say you got that tip from me. You can call it your own. Lakes Region Fencing Guilford, LRFence.com. Boom. Mind blown. Okay. Back to my guest, Andrew Parnard. Good morning again. Good morning. I should go post about that. <laughs> Will you believe I thought of that myself? That was great. Huh? I loved it. I think I understood all of those references. There's some heavy lifting in that, baby. It's great to see you. Thank you. It's great to be alive. That was worth getting out of bed just to spend that energy. For a Monday morning to come in with that level of energy and creativity. That's great. Makes me want to put up a post in the fence. (laughs) 
Actually, I really do want to put up a fence. I got people parking on my lawn, but that's fence a whole in your mother-in-law, problem. baby. Fence in your mother-in-law. I'm sure Matt is going to appreciate that spot. I'll tell you. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Andrew, how are you? I am really well. I always love chatting with you, yeah. and, and I'm always grateful that you come by. Well, thanks, Ray. It's always great to spend time with you. I mean, we've had an extensive history over the years. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were both those one-off numbers in uh, Jesus Christ Superstar so many years ago. You as Pontius Pilate, me as Herod. And those were great days. I don't know why we didn't spend any time in the dressing rooms hanging out and playing cards while everybody else was sweating under I... the lights. But... <laughs> Again, right? The cool kids. We could have done that. Well, Dang. that's the way it is. You get in, into your own things. And that was before we had phones and games to play. I don't know what we were hanging phones. out doing. Dang. Jeez, I know. You're not kidding. I can still remember looking out from the wings and seeing your uh, lace-wrapped bare legs in your <laughs> sandals playing that part. But I got to say, you know, folks, you may not know this, but Ray Dudley is a huge powerhouse when it comes to getting on a stage. You inhabit a role like nobody else. Oh, um, thank you. I had the great pleasure this weekend of attending three different shows in three different venues. And one of them was the 20th anniversary of the Winnipesaukee Playhouse. And so got to eat with all of and hobnob with all of the uh, the hoi polloi mm. and then got to see the show. And, uh, and Ray, you were one of the highlights of the show. But we, not a hoi polloi. Well... <laughs> We won't get into that, but no, you did it. You know, you re- reprised your uh, performance as Big Daddy from Cat on a Hot yeah, Tin Roof, and you. I got to tell you, watching you out on stage, you used the stage well. You filled the room with sound and energy and emotion and enthusiasm, and you know, I just sat back and I had this big grin on my face, really enjoying watching you. Cut on the check work. now, Cat. Cut on the check. I don't get to see you often enough on stage. That's the sad part. We need thanks. to. It's all those uh, commercials that you used to do. I still hear those in the back of my head. Oh, God. But uh, at any rate, no, I'm gl- really glad to be here, Ray. Thank you so much, and thanks for everything you do for our community. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You know, it's funny. Um, my voice is still raspy from that night. I, I can't yell like I used to. Yeah, well, we, we you need some more opera uh, lessons, you know, to really sing There's from that. your diaphragm. That will help. You know? uh, we have a tendency to I'm forget terrible. that. I'm terrible about that kind of stuff. It, all the time. I, I always stir about my voice. Well, I got to say, again, watching you up on stage, this is more about using the filling the space i mean the winnipesaukee playhouse is a great venue it's got i don't know exactly how many 300 seats or so but it's one of the bigger smaller venues so Mm -hmm. it's got high ceilings and a big room and it was interesting because almost every one of the musical numbers everybody was miked and yet all of the straight uh pieces weren't miked and yet uh most of the time you guys filled the room and you predominantly like i said you you walk out on stage and you fill the space with sound in a way that a lot of people can't do nowadays but i love this guy i love this guy that's why you're here today i think is that why you're here today well i i hope there's more that we're going to get into but <laughs> i hope so too it was a great evening it was long but it but it was a great evening yeah well those galas you know whenever you do a show and you've got uh, a lot of different people bringing a lot of different categories with a, sh- a short rehearsal process you never know exactly how long the show is going to be yeah and no matter how you try it's always going to be longer than you expect it to be but it was great to see i mean it was a really wonderful evening for um, the new hampshire theater community 20 years is a Significant, I was going to say that. Yeah, significant accomplishment, and they've been in two different venues, one that they rented and one they 
well, they built from scratch, essentially, not including the barn, which they tore completely apart and yeah. rebuilt. So, um, yeah, no, it's really exciting. I've had the opportunity to do a couple of shows up there as a consultant. In fact, the opening number from the gala uh, was from the Fantastics, and I went up as the magic consultant. We injected magic into the show. What? And so Brady uh, Brady uh, came out and reprised her role as Louisa and sang the opening number. So that was kind of exciting. And I also had done some work with Cabaret, uh, not Cabaret, excuse me, Chicago. Uh, we had Cabaret recently at Hatboxes, still in my head. Um, Chicago, and that won one of the last uh, professional theater awards for musical. So, in fact, I was there as a as a, 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 with Clayton Phillips at his table, and Clayton directed uh, Chicago there and has directed Kiss of the Spider Woman uh, for international touring and things of that nature. So what? it was really great to be able to see like this long history of New Hampshire theater come in. And there were lots of people from all around the state who have, you know, they, they I don't want to say they call Winnie P their home, but part of their, it's part of their theater family. And that's one of the most amazing things, I think, for me was seeing so many people that I've had the great pleasure to work with or work near uh, in theater over the last, gosh, uh, you know, 35 years that I've been out and around and doing New Hampshire theater You don't stuff. look a day. Uh, you don't look a day. This is why we do radio, right? <laughs> this is, uh, nobody has to see us. Uh, but it was really exciting to see so many people that I've done so many shows in so many different venues all coming together and celebrate this. So it really, it speaks a lot to who we are as a community that we come together and we support each other. Yeah, I was glad too to see the the number of people who showed up because you never know. I mean, I or as a performer, it's none of my business, but they to see to know that you know there's there's overlap there between Interlakes and now you've got, and and the Winnie House and now you've got the Colonial Theater in. In, I mean, yeah, in Laconia. You know, so there's a lot of overlap. You never really know where all the support's going to come from, right? You know? Andrew, hear that happy music? We need to tap dance our way out. Hang on, Andrew. We got a lot to chat about. I am Ray Dudley, handsome, happy to be out of bed, coming to you from the not-so-overly-ostentatious digs of WKXL, but we're here! 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, that's Concord, 101.9 FM for Manchester, and you can find us at nhtalkradio.com. Andrew and I are going to come back. We got a lot to chat about. My baloney has a first name. It's NH Unscripted. I am your baloneyest host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the studios of WKXL in Concord. Get out those transistor radios and flip over to the AM band. You'll find us at 1450 AM. And then flip it over to the FM band. 103.9, both of those are conquered. 101.9 for all you handsome folks in Manchester. And this show, along with all of the other programs here at WKXL Studios, can be found at nhtalkradio.com. Yeah. In studio today with me, a very good friend of mine. He's bailing me out by coming in and chatting. He's a good friend. Andrew Pernod from the Hatbox. Good morning again. Yeah, great to be back on this porch. The two old guys talking about the past. Statler and Ward. <laughs> I don't know which one I am. But. Barnes and No. Uh, what was that? Um, remember the uh, 
the old alcoholic beverage. Where's the two old guys? Oh, Bartles and James. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> no, that we're supposed to talk about that sort of stuff on the radio. Oh, anyway. oh, you, oh sorry, Kat. A little bit of editing. I'll have to go on. Andrew, um, one of the things I, I did want to talk to you about was what's happening at the mall over there, the Steeplegate? Well, we've been blessed to be at the Steeplegate Mall since 2016, and there is a conceptual plan for a new development of the property. Uh, and uh, partly what they want to do is, is tear down parts of the buildings and look to putting together two lots, the Regal Cinema lot and the Steeplegate Mall lot. Wait, did you say the Regal Cinema? Yeah. They that, want to absorb that property? That's the idea. My understanding is the vel- the developers have already purchased that property. Um, the Regal Cinemas is still there, and I don't know what their plans are. I, I honestly, <clears throat> excuse me, I only know what I've seen in the conceptual plans. There has been no real... Uh, discussion. I haven't talked with the developers. I'm hopeful that at some point I'll be able to talk with the developers. But um, they submitted plans to the city of Concord for kind of initial concept discussions. And that's supposed to happen uh, sometime later this month. Uh, the public will be invited to a meeting uh, the third Wednesday of October uh, to uh, to kind of see the unveiling of what they'd like to do with the space. Um, the initial plans show uh, five different apartment buildings with a capacity of 625 apartments, what? Uh, market rate apartments. And from what I understand, it's a mixed use proposal. Uh, there's also, uh, they're gonna keep up portions of the Steeplegate Mall building. So the Altitude uh, Trampoline Park will remain according to these plans at least. Um, the Zoo uh, Health Club, which is on the back of the mall, will move to the front of the mall into the other Bonton space. And JCPenney will remain uh, in its existing space and they'll tear down the buildings around them and then build five, four or five story apartment buildings uh, with mixed use on the first floor. So, you know, maybe cafes, maybe bookstores, maybe who knows what might be there. Um, There's also a very large, uh, like, it looks like it's probably going to be one of the popular warehouse stores Mm. uh, moving into the property as well. And there's a gas station and restaurants and retail. What? Whole bunch of things, which is good because that end of uh, Loudon Road is prime for development, and frankly, um, you know, we need the housing in Concord. Uh, you know, more people living in and around Concord will mean more people to uh, who are looking to experience the arts, whether it's uh, yes. music in their local restaurants yes. or jazz in the clubs or uh, touring artists in the big venues or theater in the smaller spaces. There's, you know, it, it's really prime for uh, the opportunity for people to come in and expand what's going on in the capital city because it's gotten very expensive. A lot of people have moved out. Uh, not just of Concord, but, you know, New Hampshire. It's driving young people away because they can't afford to buy property. There's limited stock available. So um, so we're excited about it. You know, we're not currently part of the plan. Um, we're not wait, on wait, the plan. Wait, 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 wait. How is that possible? You're already in there. Well, yeah, we're in there, but that doesn't mean the developers are necessarily aware of us. Hatbox has always been one of, as a smaller concern, we've always kind of had a like a three-year lease, call it, a license with the space, with the owners. And we renew that on a regular basis. And we, prior to the pandemic, we were not able to renew it because of you know, uh, complexities with making sure the language was correct and everything. And then when the pandemic took over, you know, we were glad that we weren't you know, uh, stuck paying payments for a space that may never reopen. Hmm. Thankfully, we've reopened and things are starting to pick up and and that's great. But because we're not like one of these 10 or 15 year leaseholders of the space, they don't have to, the, the property owners don't have to disclose who 
uh, is in the venue, and and so predominantly, mm-hmm. I think when they were talking with the developers, they said, "Well, hey, here are the the three groups that we have long term leases with that you'll have to negotiate if you buy the property," kind of a thing. So again, this is conjecture on my part. I don't really know because I haven't talked to anybody. But I, knowing the business, I know that uh, how people communicate, they want to put the most favorable conditions forward. So the least number of organizations you have to negotiate with when you're mm. you know working on a project is is to benefit the project but i am as i keep telling people cautiously optimistic that once i have an opportunity to catch the developer's ear and to talk about you know how much hatbox has given to the community and how much it provides for opportunity for local creative expression and opportunities for uh, local folks to come together and hear story and song and be moved by it and to learn from it that this could be a very major benefit to the people who want to reside in those apartments. So we're hopeful that we'll be able to find a home and a way to moving forward, even if Hatbox uh, in its current facilities is no longer there and we have to start in a new facility. And that also would be great if we have an opportunity to expand what we're doing and make things better than they are. Um, why wouldn't we do that? So I'm, I'm very, I'm cautiously optimistic, but quietly very excited about the possibility. My, 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 I have so many questions now. Um, Numbers-wise, I'm a member of the zoo. That's the health club over there. I know, I know. I make a lot of people jealous saying that. <laughs> I'm sure that you draw all eyes when you're working out, right? <laughs> I'm the talk of the neighborhood. Um, so number-wise, I have to believe with all the years you've been there, your numbers have to be way above what the zoo has for membership. You know what I mean? As far as draw, how many people walk through your doors. I've been, oh, look, no hit against the zoo. But it, there's days I walk in there and it, I'm practically by myself. Practically. And that's a good thing, depending on what <laughs> clothes I'm wearing. <laughs> Uh, I would think that the fact that they're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, probably plays into that. We are, you know, Who's over there at 2 in the morning? I don't want to see the person who thinks 2 in the morning is a good idea to work I, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, again, we only have uh, three or four shows a week in the space, so we're only open, you know, for those. And we run shows either two or three weeks. Yeah, you yeah, know. my point. So it's interesting. We It depends on what's running, you know, and what the tastes of the audience are. We have a very diverse program at Hatbox. Uh, that goes everything from musicals. We had the musicals uh, Cabaret and Big Fish this summer, and both, you know, immediately went into kind of the top 10 of uh, best-selling shows in Hatbox history. And then we have other shows that are original plays that come in for a week, and they sell smaller numbers. Um, you know, on the average, we're still doing okay. Um, you know, we're st- we have not gotten back to the numbers prior to the pandemic yet um, across the board. But I think that some of that is a factor of uh, the diversity of our programming and that not every show is going to be for everybody. Um, And uh, depending on what your interests are and how far the uh, the awareness is of the types of shows that are being done you know it it can have an impact but we've been going along great we have a great uh, online audience we email over 3,000 people every week uh, to let them know about what's going on we have a great amount of of word of mouth um, I got a chance to attend just uh, two weeks ago um, 
the uh, the Audi Concord Audi the auditorium they have a big gala once a year to mm-hmm. show to talk about. Well, I say it's a gala. It's kind of like a launch party uh, where they talk about the shows that are going to be in their venue, um, and they invite other local groups who aren't in the venue to kind of promote. And so I was out there for I don't know an hour and a half or so talking with people, and this was right after it had been in the paper about the development, and uh, I had you know a dozen fifteen people all wanted to come up and talk about that. Mm, and good, I, good, and I was able to give seven or 80 programs, season programs out to remind them that we're in our ninth season, you know, and we have uh, do 175 shows a year, performances a my year point, in the space. My point exactly. Yeah, so we're, we're excited about it. I mean, there is a lot of offerings out there, so there are lots of other organizations. I mean, last this past weekend, I went to three different shows in three different venues um, all within 35 miles of each other, so there's a lot of choice out there as well, and we're excited for that. We're glad that audience are expanding and may come and uh, take in what we offer. Hang, 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 hang on to that thought. Oh, so much to do here. My job is never done. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your ever-inquisitive host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the bunkers of WKXL Studios in Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, both in Concord. 101.9 FM for all you folks in Manchester. You can find us at nhstockradio.com because, yeah, we're 21st century folks. Yeah, we're out on the interwebs. We will be back. would love to be an Oscar Mayer wiener. Wrong! I'm quite happy doing what I'm doing. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your happy-to-be-alive host, Ray Dudley. Getting handsomer by the minute, by the way. You are listening to us from the spa-like conditions of WKXL Studios in Concord. And if you have your transistor radio handy, flip it over to the AM band. 1450 AM, yeah. That's those mellow tones out there. 103.9 on the FM band, both of those in Concord. 101.9 FM in Manchester. All of this show and all the other great programs here are archived and can be found at nhtalkradio.com. Don't go there yet. Good grief. We're on the precipice here of, of breaking news with Andrew Pernard and the Hatbox. And we're talking all things Hatbox today. Andrew, I have some questions about the hat box. Shoot, go ahead. Did you really say you did cabaret this year over there? Yes, we had uh, the musical cabaret was performed by Actors Coop Theater, which is the adult version of Kids Cooperative Theater out of Nashua. And they did a production of cabaret in our space, and it was uh, very impactful. A lot of people think of cabaret as fun and singing and dancing and that kind of stuff, but they forget that it was about Weimar Germany and, uh, you know, the rise of the Nazis. So uh, in our little space, you know, which seats 100, um, you know, people are singing and dancing and all sorts of fun is ensuing and then you know the swastikas come out and the banners <laughs> unfurl and yeah, yeah. The, the gas chambers uh, oh, end of the show it, it was 
Very, very impactful. Um, and that's one of the things that we really love about being the type of space that we are. Because we don't produce every show, we have a lot of different companies that come in and produce, and they bring a different, each company comes in and brings a different uh, energy and different goals in terms of their uh, what they're hoping to achieve with their productions. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that group that did Cabaret is also currently at Hatbox with a production called Hand to God, mm. which is a, a radical, um, it's, it's on the opposite end of the spectrum. It's still impacting people substantially, but it's a it's a show about a kind of a Sunday school puppet theater that, well, goes awry because a demon takes over one of the puppets and it causes all sorts of havoc with hmm. the individuals associated with it. It is, um, I hope you have an opportunity to actually get some of their uh, production team in here to That'd talk about great. it because it's, uh, it's uh, l- there's a variety of puppets and the puppets go into transformations as they are uh, uh, changing from normal every day, you know, Jesus loves you, this I know, puppets to demonic puppets with three heads to, <laughs> well, I don't want to spoil Okay. At any rate, wait before you go on. Before you go, on, I have a quick story for you. Quick, and I want to hear all about what's happening at the Hatbox. I really do, and the process, everything. I, I'm fascinated by it. So I, I was up at Gene's Playhouse, and they were doing cabaret like last year or something. My wife and I are sitting in the audience. There's two couples next to us, and um, we get to Act One, and one of the people in that foursome turns to the other three and says. I thought we were seeing Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two radically different shows. Yeah, Chicago's celebrating vaudeville and all of that kind of stuff. And yes, it has dark, it has murders and whatnot, but it is nowhere near nowhere as dark near. as Cabaret. And the best was yet to come for those folks. Oh, oh. I'm sure. Yeah, Act 2 hits you even harder. No, it all was right, really brother, great to be able to have... That and then the sh- the show that followed that this summer, Big Fish, is more. It was based on the movie with uh, Ewan McGregor and um, Robin Williams. No, no, it was uh, Albert um, Finney. Albert Finney, yeah, uh, who played his dad. Oh, I and didn't that's, know that. that's a, also a dark show, but it really, that was about, you know, a son coming to grips with the kind of oversized character that was his father that he believed was lying all the years. And then it turns out that all of these mystical stories he talked about were true. And, uh, you know, it's about that process of a son learning who they're, where they came from and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So it was heartwarming. It caused tears, just like uh, Cabaret caused tears, maybe a different type of tears, but but it was a really interesting um, companion. And actually, those two companies are coming back next summer and are doing two uh, kind of companion pieces. You have Heathers in the 1980s, uh, and then you have Cruel Intentions, the 90s musical, uh, which is, uh, so we're seeing the 80s and then the 90s. That's next summer. And that's RGC Theater and and uh, once again, Actors Coop. We've talked a lot about them, but we have a lot of other production companies that work there. Philoxera Productions and uh, Granite Playwrights. And uh, we have some new production companies coming in this season as well, including Shelley Productions, Bolt Cutter Productions, Dive In Productions, who's done a number of different shows in our space. In fact, Dive In is coming in with uh, Lizzie, the rock opera. And uh, uh, your listeners might be intrigued and they say, who is this Lizzie? Well, it's based on Lizzie Borden. I was going to go there but so it has a new hampshire well a new musical connection yes it is a musical it's it's going to be a lot of fun that's our october 
offerings. But yeah, that's the next show after Hand to God. Hand to God runs uh, through October 15th, and then Lizzie comes to town October 20th and takes us right through Halloween. And then this fall we have Lungs, which is a, I believe it's a two-person show. It's kind of a relationship story from uh, November 10th through 19th. And then we have a concert weekend with Man on the Hill, an original rock opera with original music by John Stanley Shelley of Shelley Productions, and he's going to be performing that over Thanksgiving weekend. And then we're going to be uh, running our uh, annual production of uh, Christmas Carol, Dickens' A Christmas Carol, which was adapted by my wife back in 2017, and we've run it every year uh, with the exception of the grand hiatus or not-so-grand hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife is coming back to direct it for the third time. This will, will be, be starring Eric. Time. Yes, local connections. We have Eric Hodges, uh, who will be, I think this is the third or possibly fourth time he's played uh, our Scrooge. Uh, Jim Spiegel, who's coming back. Jim was the uh, one of the movers and shakers. Yeah, he is. He's still teaching theater. Uh, but Jim uh, was a, a big uh, mover and shaker in the Concord area with Sandcastle Productions. That's yeah. where you and I Ooh, met, Lane. was doing that for Sandcastle. Correct. So he's coming back as our Jacob Marley. So we're excited about those. So, some reason I had the idea that your Christmas Carol was almost a one-man show. Do you guys use a lot of like electronic, right? Like, don't you use screens and? Uh, it depends on the performance. When I initially asked my wife to write the adaptation, I suggested that uh, because it's a small space and you don't have a lot of wing space, you don't have flies, you can't bring things in, and yet you're traveling to lots of locations, I suggested that we take the line, an undigested bit of beef, literally, and that this is a fever dream. It's a nightmare. And so we used projections as a way to transport us from one place to another place instantaneously mm. um, in the way it happens in your dream. So uh, I'm not generally a fan of projections. Often they're used for convenience sake rather than because they're integral to the story. But for ours, the first year we did it, we did uh, one screen projection. And then the second year we modified the seating in the house to have uh, six screens that we projected on with three projectors that helped immerse audiences in the world of uh, Dickensian London, uh, as well as to kind of play up some of the the weirdness that is a a nightmare um, that can be powerful and profound enough to change a man from being a a stingy, miserly, terrible person to somebody who actually opens up and and kind of regains their sense of the world and community Mm -hmm. and love. So it's a a really neat piece. This year we're not doing quite as many projections. Um, We actually are getting rid of the screens this year. uh, And we're going to be doing some projections, but we're going to be utilizing the space in a way that we did back in, uh, I think it was her first uh, time she directed the production where we we got rid of all the screens. We did some projections with scrims and stuff. But it was really much more focused on the actors. But we have a cast of about 10 or 12 people. You do. Yeah, yeah, we've always had that. Um, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, well, you have the Cratchit family. I guess I don't remember a lot of things these days. Well, yeah, that happens. That's what happens with two old guys sitting on the porch. We start reminding each other, I don't remember being there. Well, you were. I was there. I dated her. I don't remember that. Yeah, Yeah, we try not to talk about that because, you know, the station then might be under uh, threat of uh, violence from other parties. But, yeah, no, we're very excited, and we've got programming at Hatbox booked through October. 
August of next year. So our normal process of having a pitch where people come and pitch the projects they want to do and then programming a season from it has worked since the outset and it continues to work. So we're grateful for that and looking forward to uh, more programming in the spring. I want to talk to you about that process real quickly when we come back. Hang on to your jello molds, folks. We are about to come back. Andrew Prenard from the Hatbox Theater is with us today. We are coming to you from the studios of WKXL. This is NH Unscripted. I am your ever-aging host, Ray Dudley. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, New Hampshire. 101.9 FM in Manchester. Out on the interwebs, nhtalkradio.com. Andrew and I are going to continue digging into the hat box when we come back. Welcome back, happy campers. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. We are the antidote to you needing the Bromo Seltzer. We are coming to you from 1450 AM WKXL. 103.9 FM. That's in Concord. 101.9 FM in Manchester. We also have our archives as as well as all of the other archives from the great, great programming here at WKXL. They can be found at nhtalkradio.com. Hang on. you got 10 minutes before you can go out there. In studio with me is my good friend, Andrew Pernard. We're talking about the hat box today. Andrew has quite the slate of shows that goes on there. That place, I swear to you, is never empty. I don't know how they do it. Overlap. I, I... Things just keep rolling into each other, Andrew. I, I'm serious. That's that's how we do it. Yeah. Um, realistically, it's like if you have a very expensive piece of machinery, like an excavator for doing road work and whatnot. Every minute that uh, excavator is sitting idle is when you're losing money. You're losing ground, so to speak. And so that's how Hatbox has always worked. Our business model at the outset was to make sure that we had shows every weekend so that we sell enough tickets so that we can um, afford to stay open. Um, Hatbox is an operation is not a not-for-profit. It's not a for-profit. It's a bit of a hybrid. Um, It's technically a sole member LLC currently, although we have a group of people aboard who are working to uh, transition it to a not-for-profit. But every uh, expense is covered by ticket sales. So if we have a challenging set of tickets, you know, show that doesn't sell well, that's eating into our cushion, so to speak. Hmm. So, um, yeah, for us, it's about trying to provide experiences every single weekend whenever possible. Uh, unless it conflicts with, um, you know, a major holiday or something. But, you know, we also are are locally grown productions. You know, we are essentially uh, community theaters. Uh, Some of ours are semi-professional organizations that do revenue share. So they split the gate, whatever they make in, and they cover their expenses. Then they give stipends to actors and things of that nature. Let's face it, most people who perform in local productions, they're not making a living doing it. But we have a number of professional actors who do get paid to work in lots of places that choose to come and work in our space, um, either because the 
alchemy that is the production team. They want to work with certain people, and this may be the only opportunity to do it, uh, such as last spring when we did um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which was a remarkable production of understatement, incredible actors, incredible team that came together to do that. But, you know, part of it, so a lot of it is about, you know, trying to fit in with the, uh, the puzzle that is bringing community members together to develop and create works of art. And some of those things happen you know, with uh, already produced plays, you know, packaged works that exist. Um, but we also have a huge uh, original works series that we mm-hmm. try to do. In fact, I'm looking at our season program now, which is available at hatboxnh.com. Smooth. Um, thank you. Uh, but we're doing, you know, six shows at least this spring that are all original works. A Time to Gather Stones by the Granite Playwrights, which deals with the murder of a young girl in Pembroke, New Hampshire. Um, Brainstorm, which is coming from the New Hampton School that are coming down to do a devised work with students from there. Alice in the Looking Glass, which is an original adaptation mm. of Alice in the Looking Glass and Alice looking at her from a different perspective by Parker Theatricals. We have a, uh, Outcast Productions from the Seacoast coming and doing a, a second production of Opening Night Mutiny, a fiasco in two acts. The Last Gumshoe, which is done by a local teacher who wrote and has never produced a show. So we're supporting him what? and bringing people together to try to do this film noir play that he did, and that'll be in August. And then Letters to My Daughter by... Uh, by Perseverance Productions, which is a play uh, about this uh, guy who got in trouble with the law, and he ended up in prison uh, because of drugs and violence and things of that nature, and how he's turned his life around uh, as he's left and trying to rebuild his relationship with his daughter. So that's an original work coming up in August. So, you know, trying to do that and balance and encourage people to get together and work on these projects when they've got so many other places that they can play Mm. and so many other... uh, pressures on their schedule, like, say, work and family, yeah. uh, which are things that we try to balance, uh, it, it can be challenging at times. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of focus, and we don't have that many people um, kind of running the day-to-day business aspect. A lot of that falls to me, and I have a few volunteers who uh, who work with me to make sure that the press releases are going out, the publicity is going out via MailChimp, um, mm-hmm. that we're getting uh, the information across the box office up on the website, and then the hosts, the people who actually show up to run box office and make sure people are safe and have good experiences. Nice. So, yeah, nice. we're blessed by a, a large community who has embraced us. Can you, for people who want to get on that mailing list, can you give out the website again? Sure, it's hatboxnh.com, and when you go to the website on the upper right-hand corner or on the right-hand side, you'll see a thing that says subscribe, and yeah. you can just fill out your name and your email address right there. And if you want to find out information about the shows, there's a link right there at the top that'll take you to a list of all the upcoming shows through August of next year. Uh, and there's also a place for members. We uh, Membership, you don't get voting membership. Essentially, you're getting discounts on future ticket purchases, but you can become a member at any level. They're not tax deductible, although we're working towards that at some point, but it does give you a way to contribute to the organization in a way that perhaps uh, you know, it helps our broader sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you know, the production companies that come in, they get fifty-five percent of the 
the ticket revenue uh, after, you know, there's uh, ticket fee expenses that get shared with us. But, um, you know, they get the lion's share of the ticket revenue. And so we do everything we can to promote their work and to kind of tie connections through. But being a, a cooperative venue, and there are very few of us in the state. In fact, we may be the last at this point because one of the companies that we modeled ourselves off of is now producing most of their own shows. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's great. They're doing whatever makes sense for their community yeah, and makes yeah. sense for what they're doing and they're doing good work which is really all it's about but um, you know it's this is a, it's complicated when you've got 20 different production companies coming into the space and you have 20 different productions and you don't set all of the goals you know my job mm. is to produce a venue although this year we are Hatbox is producing three shows we're producing Christmas Carol we're also producing um, and I'm directing uh, the House of Blue Leaves which is a, a, a comic drama uh, by John Guar it's a very interesting piece. We're going to be having auditions actually for that in October, and that goes up at the end of January. And then we're also doing um, an evening wasted with Tom Lehrer, which is a review show of Tom Lehrer's satirical uh, songs that he wrote anywhere from the 50s through the 90s. Uh, folks might remember Tom Lehrer for some of his signature songs like Poisoning Pigeons in the Park, uh, The Masochism Tango. Um, he was a very they satirical They just roll writer. off the tongue, don't they? Oh, they were great. I loved Tom Lehrer growing up. And he, he actually has, so he had a New England connection as well. He went to summer camp with Stephen Sondheim uh, in Maine, and he lived in Cambridge for many, many years. He taught... Um, at Harvard as uh, one of his uh, his alma mater. And recently, he's still alive. He lives in uh, California now, but he recently, a couple of years ago, uh, put all of his works out in the public domain and said anybody can use them. Really? So, yeah. So I'm very excited. Uh, Gary Locke from Philoxford Productions and I are putting together the set list, and we're going to be auditioning for a small group, a, a cabaret group with a live piano, wow. acoustic piano on stage, uh, and singers singing without microphones in our little space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 if people have listened to the various episodes I've, I've been on here, they may know that I'm, I have sound is one of those things that concerns me most when, uh, when going to a show because it can have such an impact, both positive yeah. and negative, on things. But, um, but we're very excited in our space to be able to showcase the human voice in a way that's unamplified. It's un, um, unmoderated by a soundboard that mm. you know, can affect the, the dulcet tones of a Ray Dudley or amplify <laughs> the dulcet tones of a Ray Dudley. So uh, we may be holding auditions for that, Ray. So if you want to be a part of, a, of that, no one wants to hear know. this voice sing. Good God almighty. Yeah. The, um, I, I did want to wait. When are the auditions for that? When, uh, when is the show so people could know? Because that's well, a really yeah. The cool. Tom Lehrer show is March twenty second through the thirty first, um, and House of Blue Leaves will be January twenty sixth through February eleventh. So we have kind of a short time frame. We haven't selected a director for the Tom Lehrer project. I thought I was going to do both, but with House of Blue Leaves coming back to back with the Tom Lehrer, we're going to spread that around. But Tim Goss, who's a very well known uh, local musical accompanist, he's a keyboard player and piano player. A real great guy is actually going to be our music director, so we're excited about that. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Okay, I don't know how much time we have left, but I did want to ask you, has the process for choosing or the process for deciding what shows you want changed over the years there? Not so much. We set an initial, again, I'm a big uh, 
proponent of setting an idea and letting the idea guide the process. And early on, we set a Hatbox review team, and this group of people are volunteers, mostly not producers of shows. Um, they're people who like to attend or be in them, but they're not producing them. So they get to, at one time, we get all of the submissions in. The review team reads all the submissions, listens to all of them, and reviews the pitch themselves. And then they go to work reviewing them and deciding what would make a good season. See, I snuck that question. Question right in there under the wire. We're great. Thank We're you professionals. So much. We're professionals. Andrew, thank you for coming by today. Always a pleasure, my friend. Dang. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your jello and marshmallow loving host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the spa like condition to the WKXL Studios in Concord. 14:50 a.m. 103.9 FM. And in Manchester, 101.9 FM. Now you can go out to nhtalkradio.com and listen to all the archives. Yeah, we're out there. Still handsome. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.